ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back to the JKWD Project. JKWD Project. JKWD Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing so That's another LLC, buddy, is all I got to say. I was doing so well a minute ago. Let's try that again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back to the JKWD podcast, where I'm just learning how to talk for the first time. I'm Apparently. leaving it in. I'm I'm leaving that in. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Calvin, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. You talk for a minute. <laughs> I am sitting here, sitting here in in sunny upstate New York. We actually have sunshine today and clear skies. I haven't looked at the thermometer to see what the temperature is. So I'm just going to say, looks like a good day for a walk around the block, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that is. Anyway, life's good. I woke up, you know, I always like it because I wake up in the morning and I can move around on my own power. It's cool stuff. Yeah. I enjoy that. How about you? Uh, Things are good here. I still have some of that cough that I had those last couple episodes, uh, but yeah, the, that's how things go. Uh, but they are, they're doing the roof across the street. I hope that didn't come out too much in a, in the podcast. I, I don't think it did. Yeah. Um, yeah, things are, uh, things are going well. I've been, well, by the time this comes out, I'll be four weeks in, but as we're recording I'm three weeks into a six week kettlebell program and I'm pushing it and, uh, it feels really good to to um, be pushing some weight around and and you know have a you know kind of a structure behind it, which is not how it's been the last um, well the last year since we've been kind of cooped up with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, speaking of being cooped up with COVID, we have uh, Pete Bombachi on the podcast today from the Genwell Project or Project. Uh, <laughs> Pete's Canadian, um, and his organization deals with human connection. We we get we get better when we're physically connected to other people, whether we're having conversations or hugging or uh, and and doing that as much as possible in person. Just being around others is is good for us. Uh, yeah, you'll hear Pete talk about, uh, you know, heart disease, obesity, and a lot of other risk factors that get increased with loneliness. Yeah, he's got some good stats. Yeah. Uh, we are brought to you today by Vitamin K Daily. It's your daily dose of positive from the Prince of Positive himself. It's the first thing I read every morning. You wake up, just get a little... Get a little kick of what's going to get you through your day if you're the kind of person who doesn't like mornings, uh, particularly if you're the kind of person who's like, why, why did I wake up again? It's uh, <laughs> a good reason. All right. <laughs> you get yourself four I weeks. like waking up. It's a fun thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like waking up too, but you know, my, my wife and my child are not morning people. Uh, you know, they'll, they get into the day eventually, but <laughs> not, not while they're still home with me. <laughs> Uh, there you go. You get yourself four weeks free to Vitamin K Daily. Go to vitaminkdaily.com. Sign up today. After that, just twenty four ninety five a year. If it's not for you, just cancel any time during your four-week trial, and you won't get charged at all. But really, twenty four ninety five a year, you probably handle that. Vitaminkdaily.com for that. We are also brought to you by Amazon Books. If you go to jkwdpodcast.com forward slash books, You'll see more than 200 books that we've mentioned on the podcast, most of them with links out to buy them on Amazon. If you do that, if you click through our link, buy a book, we'll get a few cents. And like when I say a few cents, I think it's actually a few. Like it might be three or four or something. <laughs> um, so buy all of them. Depending, you know, we might get up to 11 cents. You know, just never, you just never know. Nice. So, so go buy all those books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, enjoy them. Again, that's jkwdpodcast.com forward slash books. And on the other side of the music, you will hear our conversation with people. Bachi.
podcast where we talk about better humanhood and teach you how to dominate your world. You ready? Here we go. Hey, look at that. Here it comes. I get him. Or you got him. I got you him. got him. Go ahead. On time. Check it out. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he he heard me. Oh, hey, good morning. You know, come on, guys. I, I can't be that bad. You know, do most people not show up on time? Like when we're doing interviews, this is stuff like podcasts. Well, that, that's true, time. you know, but I... I I like to look at the the precision with which they come in, you know, as the clock strikes 11. But wow, look at that. That's amazing. The timing, especially with technology. So and anyway, if, good morning. If it's, okay, if it's okay, I'll admit that that's not usually my uh, my normal process. So uh, it's either five <laughs> minutes early or five minutes late. But ah. for you guys, you oh, know, I want all to right. be here on time. So. We, we really appreciate that. Hey, I'm... Uh, Happy, uh, happy to be here, and honestly, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to share our message um, because every time we get an opportunity to talk about the importance of human connection, something that we were never, never educated on, uh, I think it's really valuable to people. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah, are you guys? Uh, well, Kelvin is uh, just on the other side of the lake from you in in the Syracuse, New York area. I'm down in Savannah, Georgia. Wow. Yeah, we met uh, a lot of years ago, and I'm not sure which one won't let the other one forget the other <laughs> one, but we stay pretty close anyway. But we keep we keep showing up on Fridays. So, how long have you guys been doing this uh, podcast? We've been doing we're close to five years now. So, wow, that's amazing! Hey, you guys are you guys are a great example of what staying connected, and you know, obviously, you guys have a pretty casual. You know, you jokingly, Kelvin, talk about, you know, uh, yeah, nobody will let each other go. It's like, this is what friendship is all about. And most of us don't make the time for it. So uh, kudos to you guys for keeping not only the podcast, but your friendship going for a long time. Thank you. Thank you. you. It's his fault. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I know we're talking about stuff here, but this is... You know, and this is it's somewhat a guy's thing, but I know that when people take the piss out of each other, um, that's a sign of love for men. Like, yeah. if I don't make fun of you, I'm not sure I really like you. <laughs> it's how, I, like, if I don't have a nickname for you or I don't make fun of you, you should start really checking in on, you know, are we really friends? Because that comfort level is what allows you to say, ah, yeah, whatever, you know. Uh, see, so. now I got to examine that because there are other friends in my life. and <laughs> I've got to see, am I making fun of them? Should this relationship stay? No, you know. And I think there's a couple, <laughs> you know, there are some people who are much serious than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But, um, hey, I think in life, if we can have a laugh with people and if we can be ourselves and poke fun at each other, it just it reduces the level of stress and anxiety that many people are under each and every day. So isn't that what relationships are all about? That is it. Yeah, it really is. That is it. So, yeah. Well, well all right. Right. That's a great leaping off point, actually. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing we're probably going to keep most of this in anyway, but, but, typically, we start, but typically we start by um, asking you to introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, tell us your mission, which uh, you've already mentioned is, is connecting, but if you want to, is human connection, but if you want to get into that a little bit deeper, and then give us your why. Why is that? Why is that your mission? Yeah, and uh, again, guys, thanks for this opportunity. You know, I launched the Genwell Project in 2016, and uh, we're a human connection movement, and our mission is to make the world a happier and healthier place by educating people about the proactive steps that we can all take by staying physic uh by staying connected to one another and not only educating us on something that we've never been educated on we've been told to go to the gym and we've been told to eat better uh but also to get them to take action because talking about it and there's more and more research most of it in the last 20 years it's uh telling us just how important human connection is for our lives but it's also giving people a catalyst, an excuse, permission, and many other things to make it happen. And so, you know, since 2016, we've been providing people's tips, tools, ideas, research, 
anything that we can to help people start building healthy connection human habits today. Uh, because the research is, and my why, uh, Josh, is, look, here's what the facts are. Uh, spending time with other people and the relationships that come from it are the single largest indicator of happiness in our lives. That's an 80-plus year study out of Harvard. Um, it, it reduces anxiety and depression, which, if you haven't noticed in the last decade or two, are, are skyrocketing and even worse during the pandemic. Increases empathy, compassion, and resilience in a segmented, fragmented, and polarized world. We could use a little more empathy and compassion for one another because when we connect with people, we better understand each other. And better understanding happens when you spend time face-to-face, not when you're tweeting at each other, which some of us seem to think that that is the solution. Um, increases are, um, sorry, I should say, strengthens your immune system and your self-confidence. And I find it funny that many people think on the other side of the pandemic, people are just going to rush out and, you know, come on the streets and hug everybody that walks by. Let's remember, it takes three weeks to create a good habit and it creates three weeks to create a bad habit. So, you know, we have some habits that we're going to have created over the course of the last year that we're going to need people to help us, whether that's a neighbor, a friend, a family member, a colleague who says, hey, why don't we go have a coffee? Let's go shoot the breeze. Let's talk through the faces, the challenges that we're all facing. And the final one that I'll throw out there is that um, spending time with other people increases your chances of living longer by up to 50%. And there's two new studies only in the last six months during the pandemic that social connection is the single largest preventative action that we can take to avoid depression. And there's now a direct correlation uh, over the age of 50, isolation and loneliness uh, doubles your risk of getting type 2 diabetes. And my why is also because none of us were ever educated on this. Mm-hmm. You know, as I say, we were told to go to the gym. We were told to eat better. You guys know we're supposed to do 20 to 30 minutes a day of some type of activity. You know that we're supposed to eat some fruit and vegetables and pick them up when we go to the grocery store or have a well-balanced meal. That changes you know, depending on the year, it's like carbs, no high fat, you know, less this, more that it changes, but at least we know it because we've been educated our whole lives. We haven't been told about human connection because up until the early 2000s, we didn't need to tell people about human connection. And it's only with the advent of technology, the longer, the longer work days, the faster pace and more pressure that most of us are now not spending the time doing what the research now shows is one of the greatest things that we can do for our happiness, our health, and our longevity. So I'll leave it at that, and uh, maybe we can step off from there. Yeah. Um, can we actually start with some definitions? Uh, when you talk human connection, uh, uh, you touched on it a little bit. You know, tweeting at each other is not human connection. <laughs> um, you know, there is some some mediated connection, and, and you know, we're doing some of that now, right, in Zoom, but but like, we're still not like, like we didn't shake your hands. We're not going to hug at the end of this conversation. Uh, By the way, I would hug you at the end of this conversation. Yeah. Well, I, 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 this seemed like that sort of conversation where, (laughs) where like we might, where we might tentatively introduce ourselves with handshakes, but by the end of this conversation, we're all, we're all going to hug. And like, that's not going to happen because we're, we're sitting here on zoom, uh, you know, a thousand miles away from each other. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that worked for me because you guys got beards and I don't. <laughs> um, this is this is fun with facial hair during COVID. <laughs> I don't normally have a beard. I just figured I'd do something for now. Yeah, it gave, it gave you something to do at home, right? Totally. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, so yeah, this is a little less connection than than we would have if we were sitting around a table, um, yeah. but it's a little more than texting each other or. Yep. You know, being on a phone call, um, what what is human connection and and what isn't human connection that that some people think is? Josh, it is you. You've actually uh, just hit a question that is honestly um, is one that's out there, and a lot of research is being done. We're just about to launch a piece of research which is really going to get a sense of how people are connecting and what the difference is. Uh, you know, we really hadn't, I don't think that a lot of research has been done about the difference between face-to-face and digital. And But what I will say um, is thank goodness we have technology because if we weren't, if we were going through this pandemic, um, 
without the ability to connect this way, I think we'd be in uh, a, a terribly worse shape. Uh, you know, part of the inspiration behind launching the Genwell project was my mom talking about growing up in the Second World War in, in Northern Ireland. And she always talked about, you know, as the Germans would leave uh, London, they would drop their leftover bombs so that they could get the planes home. And her town happened to be right uh, in the pathway. So they would get the sirens, they'd run out to the fields, they'd, they'd get away from their homes because they were always trying to drop on cities because they figured that's how they could do the most damage. And what would happen is after they would leave, everything, the peace had kind of come over, everybody would come back into the city. And what did they do is they would hug each other. They would recognize that they were in it together, that they had survived and that they would live to be another day and recognize how much they actually needed each other you know, whether that was food, whether that was safety, security, all of Maslow's most fundamental needs that he calls out in the hierarchy of needs. When you're under attack like that, and, you know, even early on in the in the pandemic, when you're under a threat, you know, we all focus on the most fundamental needs. And human connection, or as Maslow said, love and belonging is one of those fundamental needs. So as we go through it, thank God we have um, technology to have these types of conversations. But I think the research is showing quite clearly one of the things that we are missing is human touch, you know, and those endorphin run, those endorphin hits that make us feel happier and healthier. And whether it's, you know, young people not getting it with their buddies, whether it's grandparents missing it with their grandchildren or even their children, whether it's people who live alone, both in Canada and in the U.S., it's roughly about 27, 28% of the population now lives alone. And everybody's trying to figure out their way. But, you know, digital technology is a great supplement to human connection, face-to-face -face human connection, uh, which is an amazing thing in the time of a pandemic. But we need each other. And I think we're waking up to that fact more so now than ever before that it is human connection that we all desire. And although some may struggle on the other side of this, every one of us will be more aware and conscious that actually those connections, both the deep, meaningful ones that we have with our loved ones, our family, uh, but also those casual collisions that happen throughout the day, whether it was at Starbucks, whether it was at the water cooler at the office, you know, the lunchroom, or frankly, just walking down the street and seeing neighbors, all of those are part of us feeling like we're part of something bigger than ourselves, that we're part of the world, part of a community, part of a whole bunch of, uh, of, of connections that make us feel like we belong and that we're part of uh, something important. So, yes, technology is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't replace the actual human connection. Yeah, um, well, I'll tell you a little you know, personal story. We... Um, my my sister moved down here to Savannah uh, a couple years after we did, uh, and we fairly quickly started having them over for dinner on Friday nights. Uh, when when the pandemic started, we we moved to Zoom and we started inviting more people in, uh, but it meant that you know it was me and my wife and and our baby and uh, who at that time was a little over a year old, uh, and. Yeah, you know, my parents would be able to join in uh, and in the Zoom call, and then we got some friends in, and and you know we had a, you know we'd have a good crowd. Uh, Kelvin joined us a couple of times. We'd yeah you know, we'd have a pretty good crowd on Friday nights for dinner, but we were all sitting in our homes. And you know, my sister's birthday is in the summer, and uh, we decided after you know th four months or whatever it had been, three months I think we we shut down in in March last year, uh, right around St. Patrick's Day. Uh, after, after you know, three months of that, my parents decided to come down. My brother came up, and and they, we didn't tell her. We said, so it's your birthday. Everybody's been safe. Come on over. Um, you know, she didn't know they were coming. And then after that, we just said, you know what? Come on over. You know, so so we cut out the Zoom meetings, and and so we're still seeing them regularly. But. Uh, you know, it's still a little bit sporadic because now whenever one of us has a cold like I have right now, they don't come over because, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the COVID test was wrong. Uh, and so we're, we're getting a little more than we were, but not as much. You know, when we moved into this house, we had a housewarming 
and we invited everybody on the street. Uh, you know, they're, they're like, yeah, it's a short street, 32 houses, including us. And yeah, we got, yeah, maybe six or so neighbors came out and we had a bunch of others knock on our door later that week and said, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't come, but everybody was so surprised that we invited them. <laughs> like, why would I have my friends come clog up your driveways and park in front of my house and let you listen? Well, let you listen to the chatter and the happy sounds and the you know, smell the grill. Yeah, like um, we, we need to watch out for each other. You know, they're they're these aren't the people I'm going to call if my alarm's going off. Uh, you know, I'm going to call I'm, I'm going to call Daryl across the street. Um, you know, so it, it seems like people have forgotten that they can connect with the people around. You know, we don't have to be born into the same house. You know, we don't have to be brought into the same situation like work or something. We all we all live here. Let's you know, let's connect with each other. Josh, um, you should be an ambassador for the Genwell Project, my friend, um, because it's that awareness and consciousness that actually is what we're trying to create uh, in the broader society. I know in Canada, and again, Canada, the U.S. Not a lot of difference. Let's be right. let's be honest about it. You know, in Canada, fifty percent of people don't know their next door neighbor's name, and only thirty four percent of people feel like they have a relationship where they could actually, you know, ask for help uh, and, and get support. So most of us don't actually know our neighbors, and yet the research. And funny enough, I was just doing something before this that that lists. There's probably twenty benefits to knowing your neighbor, and one of the greatest ones is hey, if something goes wrong, whether that's a crisis or whether you know your fence falls down, a tree falls down, whatever, wouldn't it be better if you actually knew each other before you got to a point where there was a crisis and you're like, hey, you. You know, can you help my son or my daughter or my grandmother, or my mom, whatever, you know, all these relationships help us get through life. And that's whether it's your your neighbors, family, friends, even colleagues at the office, we all play a role in each other's life. And I think, you know, unfortunately, over the last 40 or 50 years, we've built a world in which we thought we could get through it without any help, that we didn't need other people. And although we were sensing, you know, anxiety and depression skyrocketing pre-pandemic, I think although people may not have been able to put their finger on it, we were living in the most individualistic world in history. And I think the pandemic just woke us all up to the fact that, holy cow, what was happening is I was so disconnected because I was working longer. You know, the average person was spending 12 hours a day on screens. You know, I'm watching other people and their social media feeds. And not only is that distracting time, but it's also emotionally impacting me because everybody's posting their human highlight reel. And as a result, I feel like, well, I can I can't keep up with that. Well, the reality is, if you have 50 friends or more, which most people, I think, have two or three hundred and, you know, friends is certainly a term we use loosely. Right. Friends being like Facebook friends, you mean? Exactly. You know, the reality is there's somebody traveling somewhere every day. And so you could be looking at your Facebook feed and somebody's in Italy today. Somebody's somewhere else in America today. Somebody is in Hawaii. Somebody's here. Well, you start to believe that you should be on holiday every day of the year. And as we know, that just isn't reality. And when I was a kid, my competitive set were literally the five people I could see out my front window. Because when I came home from school or you came home for work, the reality is we didn't talk to each other. We didn't know each other other than when you went to church or you went to the bowling league or whatever, the kids were on the street. But the reality is when you came in your home, you weren't constantly bombarded with what everybody else in the world was doing. You could actually focus on you and your family and your bonds and all those things that now what the research shows make up, makes us happier, healthier and live longer. I'm, I'm in a, so what's a, what's a good term for me? Hmm. Outlier, outlier. That's it. Not, that's not the same as outright liar. That's that's different. But um, I'm I'm a relationship guy, but I don't have a lot of them. Does that does that make sense? I can make I can make friends with just about anybody. I've got friends across the world that I've never met. Um, when Twitter first came out, for instance, you know, back when you could actually have a 
a conversation and create some things. I mean, I made a lot of friends that way. Um, in my neighborhood, however, I know the lady on one side of me. I've I've said hi to the people on the other side of me. I occasionally have a conversation from the street with the people across from me. I don't know who the mo most of the rest of these people are. Now, I've only been in this neighborhood since 1996. Okay, so not too, not too long, eh? So I haven't been here too <laughs> long. But, but, you know, there was a thing that, I mean, with the media and everything, we have developed such a mistrust um, of our neighbors or, or people in general, whether they're right next door or not. <clears throat> so if you haven't grown up with them and know them, an awful lot of people are hesitant to get to know somebody. And even and, and since the news only highlights the really crappiest stuff, you know, the latest murder, who, who you know, people are afraid to do that. So sometimes it's easier for me to create a, a, a relationship or a, um, a friendship long distance and carry it on that way. And then, you know, the goal is, Oh, I got to go meet that person. Um, they've been my best friend for a lot of years. And, and, and I had, I haven't even met them in person yet. Last year, there was a woman I made friends with on Twitter from a long time ago um, who finally got close enough to the area where we could drive to meet each other. So after being friends for like 10 years, we finally got to meet each other in person which was a magnificent experience, I have to say. Um, but not everybody, but not everybody has that. I'm, I'm real easy to get to know if you're not trying to hurt me when you meet me, <laughs> you know? So in, in my regard, I do that for a lot of people because I, I mean, I, I can be your friend immediately. Like I forget the filter and everything until you have to remind me we just met. I don't think you should tell me that, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But sometimes it's tough. Um, I spent some time in California. Nobody in California talked to anybody in California because you just, uh, and if, and if you were from a big city, no, I went through LA one that I met a guy in a, uh, uh, in a rest stop who said, when you go to LA, don't talk to nobody. Those people are crazy. Just, just get out of there as soon as you can. And one day I hit the city limits of LA without knowing it. And I panicked <laughs> just, just from the conversation that this guy gave me, but I'm probably one of the friendliest guys on the world. I mean, in the world, but I am a little uh, hesitant to just grab anybody. Cause you just, you just never know. So, um, but yet, you know, my, my number one love language is touch. So when we get to people, um, you know, I, I, I'm a Toastmaster. We had to use these, have these Toastmaster conventions. My nickname was the district hugger <laughs> because once we got to this event, I was hugging everybody. It, everybody got a free hug, no matter who it is. So <clears throat> it's, a, it's an interesting dichotomy that, that we can live in. Um, Calvin, you, uh, you know, we only have an hour for this conversation. You have now just taken, like, I literally had to pull out a piece of paper and start writing down notes because of what you were saying. So first off, you and I, I can tell you right now, would, we'd already have hugged it out by this point because I love hugging as well. And I also am the type of person that within a minute, and it's probably from your your speaker training. It's and it's really about the seven habits of highly effective people, which is how quickly can you make people feel comfortable? Are you the first one to talk about you, or are you the first one to ask somebody about them? You know, how can you help build those connections? And I think it's really important. And I think as you you talk about uh, you know the big city in California. You know, I would argue, and I touched on it a little bit earlier, since the Second World War, we've lived in the greatest growth era in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's at the same time, rather than building stronger communities and coming together, we built the most individualistic society in history. And there is a lack of trust and there is a lot of fear. And there is a lot of and a lot of that fear is driven by media, driven by social media. 
because, you know, we're fearful about people taking our children on the street. We're fearful and, and we may be fearful that, you know, so-and-so has more money and, you know, we don't have enough and we can't live up to the expectations. You know, as I, you know, as I use that example about my competitive set, you know, keeping up with the Joneses was a lot easier when we couldn't watch a million Joneses. And so we've created this anxiety that lives in society, and that is what the Genwell was here, the Genwell project was here to address, which is, first off, most of us don't know the benefits of staying connected with anybody, our neighbors, our friends, our family. We might intuitively go, yeah, like I, I, I think I like people. I think I like hanging out with them, but let me give you the facts. And once you know them, you go, wow, I never even thought of it. If I thought I was feeling down or if I thought that, you know, I wasn't feeling myself, I'd go for a run. I'd go for a walk in nature. I'd go buy some fruit and vegetables, eat some healthy food, maybe get some sleep, drink some water, things that we've all been educated on. But what we never thought about was how important it is to stay socially connected. So I think that we can overcome and it won't happen in one weekend. It won't happen in one month. It won't happen in one year. It won't happen because we have a new president. It is going to take time. We got here over 60 years of increasingly becoming disconnected from one another. And it's going to take time. But what we can do is educate people and bit by bit ask them to take action. And again, when they have the information of the benefit, and then we give them the tools. And on our website, we have tools like uh, digital invites. We've got information about social connection. We've got uh, infographics that give you ideas on how to get connected. And then finally, we hosted Genwell Weekends, which were really the excuse, the permission and the catalyst for you to say, and our goal is, you know, in Canada, we want to get Canadians doing it. In the US, we want to get Americans doing it. Because if I can get all of society, if I can get all the Americans at the same time to think that this weekend, like the 4th of July, on the 4th of July, you guys know to put on blue, red and white. You know to go and talk to your neighbor or get your friends together, have a barbecue. We all know what to do. And if we can get to a point where we educate and catalyze people around the idea of we should be getting connected because of all the benefits to me and to the people around me, I believe that we can catalyze people to, to get connected. Now, you talked about your relationships. So I want to ask you this. It, you, you've, got that, you've got the two sides of this. So you're really social. Would you call yourself an extrovert? Or an introvert? Uh, I, uh, methodology is more of an extrovert, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, extroverts, say, I, I consider myself an ambivert. I can talk to anybody, but I also love being uh, at home and, and being disconnected from everybody. I, yeah, I had no problem being in, um, I've been single for how many years now, Josh? I don't know, a lot. 2004, whatever that is. I have no so, problem being in my house. I'm not stressed. I'm not anything. Yep. I can sit here and listen to the clock tick. Yep. But yeah, but if somebody and wants to come over. You're in. Good. You're in. I'm good. Yeah. And I think this is, this is a beautiful thing because being alone does not mean lonely. You know, different people have different makeups. You know, introverts, funny enough, I have a few friends that are introverts who say, you know, Pete, I was totally comfortable being an, being an introvert until the pandemic came. And then when somebody took away the option for me to go out and see people when I wanted to, I was in control, which is a big thing for introverts is they want to control. They don't want to be in a street party. They want to go have a coffee or they might even want to sit in a room where there's other people, but nobody's talking to them. The reality is now we've had some of those things taken away with us, the opportunities to actually get connected. Yeah, you're going to say. Yeah, here's, here's a crazy thing about yeah. that. As, as good as I am um, uh, in in a public situation like that, my best relationships are one-on-one. -on -one. Josh and I used to go to lunch just to sit there and, and chat for that. We, we were okay at a party. I could do that too, but... Uh, I'd have a party about once a year. Normally my relationships are one-on-one -on -one conversations. So, but I can have a lot of those. So uh, around the world. Yeah. So the Gen Well project, I mean, our, our motto is, is better humanhood, you know, just how to, how to, uh, you know, have a better life. Uh, Josh yeah. came up with that and I'm like, yeah. So that's what we do. Um, just helping people figure out how to be better. So you're perfect 
Thank you very much. You guys are perfect. And I think the final (laughs) thing I'll say just on all the things you said there Mm -hmm. is as with everything in life, it's about balance, right? Yes. You know, my next question to you is going to be, hey, Calvin, do you have people that you hold dear? Because we do need some deep, meaningful uh, relationships that we can connect with and we can have yes. those deeper, meaningful conversations. If you've got those, then all those other Twitter conversations and all those other friends that you've got around the world are just part, you know, Dunbar's number, you guys may be familiar with this, which is the average person can only have 150 relationships. They can only manage 150 relationships up to f- usually three to five in those really deep, meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. And then it's, there's probably three or four different groups that add up to 150. <clears throat> but many of those people are people that we love. We might talk to them once a year. You might talk to them only through Twitter, but they add to your life. They add to the relationships that you have. Mm-hmm. But if you only have those, you won't be in a good place over time. And if you only have the deep meaningful, which is actually what's happening right now, most of us are battling cabin fever where we only see a small group of people that we love dearly. But what we're recognizing is, hey, all those other conversations that I had throughout the course of my day, I call them the casual collisions. Those are really important for me to talk about sports with this person and the news and politics and this and that. And that gave me a balance and a life that was much bigger than just Hey, honey, I love you. Or, hey, kids, you know, you're great. Or, you know, even being by yourself in your case, Calvin, you know, we need the balance. Life is about balance. And I think we're waking up to how much being out and about in our normal course of the day made us happier and healthier. Yeah. I do Um, charge your coffee. (laughs) How have um, things been? Where you are, and Kelvin and I are living very different pandemic experiences uh, to some extent. Uh, in Georgia, we uh, we essentially opened up after a month of shutdown. I mean, the, the governor put in place a, a shelter in place for at risk folks, but you know, restaurants pretty quickly went to fifty percent capacity, and um, you know, the a lot of cities and counties in Georgia uh, stopped. Uh, charging for outdoor dining permits. And here in Savannah, we had a lot of outdoor dining anyway, uh, but there are some places that said, okay, we don't need these eight parking spots. Let's put a tent out there. You know, we'd rather have the four tables that we can get out of them. Uh, you know, so as much as I haven't gone out a lot, uh, you know, even as a family, we're starting to go out a little more. We haven't had any of the you know, larger gatherings. Um, you know, my, my Masonic Lodge was was uh, was closed for a few months, but it opened back up uh, at capacity. They told us to keep distance, but uh, there's no there's no real enforcement. Uh, you know, we have a, a room capacity, but uh, we're never near it anyway. And uh, it, we don't have. We're part of a a group that got together a couple of Thursdays a month and, and, uh, you know, had a couple of drinks and talked politics and they've gone virtual. They still haven't come back in person, but we were, you know, that, that restaurant doesn't want to deal with a group of 25 people at a table right now, uh, still, but, uh, I've had more opportunity to get out and, uh, you know, I, I've been wary about going to a coffee shop and sitting in the lobby but I'm going to get back to that because I need to – my, my daughter got into daycare in October, and she keeps bringing germs home. And my wife, who works outside of the house, doesn't get anything, and I'm, I'm on my butt for two weeks every time. So i got to get out in the world and get back to having my immune system get used to getting hit with stuff. So I'm going to – I'm you know, as soon as this thing clears up, I'm, I'm back out of the house. How have things been uh, there for, for you and um, for a pro- I'm guessing as a human connection project, Genwell is not, uh, is not loving being a distributed team right now. Well, it's interesting. And Calvin, I want to hear what, uh, what your experience is in Syracuse, but um, you know, here in Toronto, it's a little chillier than, than, than Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I'll tell you, 
I, you know, it's funny. I kind of feel like we've all gone through phases. Initially, when this happened, I looked at it like I think many people. It's like, wow, we get an extended long vacation. It happened at the start of March break. Hey, this is, you know, we're going to get two, three weeks here. I, no problem. I'll shut her down. No problem. Then as we got into the summer, it was kind of like, ah, we made it to the summer. I don't care if they want to shut it down, whatever. I'm going to be outside. We're going to be playing. We're going to be spending time. Yeah, I think they said something about social distancing. So we'll stay We'll stay distant. I think September, people got a little nervous because their kids and what was going on with school. And we moved our kid because we didn't trust the the system to 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 take care of it. But I will say that I think when we got to Christmas time and we got into the new year, I think it really started to take a toll uh, on a lot of people, including our family, in which, you know, it's now been a long time. And in Toronto, up here in Canada, we haven't, we've been locked down. Frankly, I would, I would suggest, and I don't know the exact number, if it's not 50% or more since last March, we've been, locked, we've been in lockdown a lot. And, um, you know, we've bubbled with two other families on our street. So knowing our neighbors, Kelvin, here's a great example in a time like this. I can't see my friends that live in Vancouver, like physically. I can't, you know, even other friends, you know, there may be a few around, but the people that we see every day are people like us, right beside us, you know, who have happen to have kids roughly the same age. So really important in, in this scenario. But you know, that lockdown is is taking a toll. The good news is we're grateful. And the only reason, you know, I say we're grateful because we're not worried about food, water, shelter, safety or security and social connection is still doable. And in regards to the, the GenWell project, here's what I would say is uh, we were never anti-technology. We were always about finding the balance. So nothing really changed. Uh, we still are about driving people to get connected face to face, whether it's family, friends, neighbors, or colleagues. And it might have taken a pandemic to wake us all up to the message that we were sharing, because many people pre-pandemic would kind of look at us and kind of go, "Well, what do we need you for? I I see people every day, but do you really appreciate it? Do you really understand it? Do you really realize how much we do need each other?" And all the, I saw there was a study in New York Times that was written up and it said, I think it was 80% of our days were part of routine. We went to the same Starbucks. You took the same drive to work. You walked in the same door. You parked in the same place. You had lunch at the same set of places. You know, most of our days were structured. We had routine and that's what we as human beings desire. Mm-hmm. And 20% of the day was random. Well, now it's a little bit of the other way around. Every day there's new stats, new numbers, open, close, what's on, you know. And so this is part of the reason. And we don't know when this is ending. We don't know. We don't even know what those vaccines are going to be the end cure because we still need to wait till everybody gets it and all those things. And it's creating a lot of stress and anxiety aside from the fact that, you know, businesses in Toronto, small businesses in Toronto, and I'm sure it is where you are, Kelvin, and probably where you are as well, Josh, they are suffering. Mm-hmm. And this is the power of going through a global, uh, you know, the original inspiration behind the Genwell pl- project was a blackout on the northeastern seaboard. Calvin, you might even have gone through that back in 2003. And when we go through something together, we feel more comfortable opening up to each other because I know you're going through something, whether it's cabin fever, business pressures, relationship issues, kid issues, homeschooling, as I'm doing with my six-year-old now. But when we go through things together, it makes it easier for us to be vulnerable because we recognize that we're all going through it together. What we need to do on the other side of this and why the movement is so important as we move forward is recognizing, A, we're not going back to the way it used to be. There's going to be more challenges far beyond the health issues of COVID-19, and people are going to need each other more than ever. The problem is most of us feel anxiety about reaching out and asking for help. So if the relationships are already there, that makes it easier for people to talk to you and say, hey, Josh, you know, my my son's not doing well. Or, hey, Josh, I just lost my job. Do you know anybody who who needs somebody? Could I, 
you know, hey, Josh, can I help you with anything? I'm, you know, we, we are going to go through so many challenges and having that support network of people around us is what's going to help us on the other side of this. And what we want to be is just that catalyst that actually makes it easier for people to build those relationships so we can all get through this uh, a little bit easier. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember that uh, Eastern Seaport blackout. It uh, it happened right after I moved to Syracuse. Uh, I was I was in the I was in the mall. I'm glad I didn't take the elevator that day because oh, yeah. people were stuck for hours, and then the power was out for like four days. Yeah, yeah, that was the original inspiration of of the whole movement. Was that day I was I was working in the beer business at the time. I was in the office out by the airport here in Toronto. I made my way home to my house. I had an elderly mom at the time, and I rode down Young Street, the longest street in the world, right here in beautiful Toronto, Canada. And what I saw when I rode down the street was amazing. You see the beauty and the kindness of the human species in times of crisis, people directing traffic, people handing out water, people being kind to each other, talking to each other, people picking each other up on street corners, which doesn't happen on a normal uh, on a normal day. And so in times of crisis, we are incredibly beautiful. The problem is we forget about it and we go back to the old ways. And that night it, uh, I was at a buddy's house for a barbecue because we had nothing else to do. So we just came out and got connected. And at nine o'clock at night, I went out on the front front porch and on the street, the street was packed. And I thought, wow, look at these guys. These guys must know each other. They must be really close. You know, to your point, Kelvin, earlier, just about not knowing, you know, you know, with this person, you wave at this person. Mm -hmm. I go out and I talk to all the people on the street. I go, oh, you guys must be really tight, eh? And they all went, looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> they were like, no, we, we don't, we don't know each other. And I was like, so you guys, you're all out here having a party. There was like drinks and eats and kids throwing footballs and riding bikes. And I was like, so you're telling me you guys don't know each other. And they're like, yeah, no, never, never happened. And what I realized that night is what we do need is a catalyst. And I can't turn the power off a couple times a year to force <laughs> us to do it. But if I educate you, if I give you all the reasons why spending time with Whoever it is, family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, is so important to your health, to your happiness, and your longevity. I hope over time that somebody will say to somebody, or unfortunately, what normally happens is people get to the crisis, they have a heart attack, and then they realize, holy cow, I actually <laughs> I need some people to help me. I can't do this. I can't do that. Or I lose a job, and now I need to find a job. You know, Take any challenging scenario in our lives, and we need other people to help us. Unfortunately, or at least what I should say is proactively, my goal is to get you connected so that when that crisis happens, you're already covered. You got those supportive relationships in place and you don't go through the crisis in such a negative way. Do you have events? Uh, yeah, pre-pandemic, obviously. Do you have events that, uh, that you uh, plan for that? Uh, and you know, do, you, do you have kind of a you know, neighborhood, your neighborhood action thing. So here's the, here's the interesting thing. And, and when we talk about community, we think of it in a much broader sense, friends, family, neighbors, colleagues. So it's everybody that is part of your supportive network. Mm -hmm. The silly thing of this whole thing, Josh, and I, I say silly knowing what the strategy is and the why behind it. Right is that we don't actually host any events because a lot of people say, so what do you guys do? And I actually say, we do nothing. And people go, well, what do you mean? Well, what the research shows is that the relationships that are most likely to give you the longer term health and happiness benefit aren't me bringing, to you, bringing you to a big park with you know 10,000 other people and putting on a band and having hot dogs and drinks because most of us will actually just go either with the people we want or go by ourselves, but many people don't actually, you know, connect with other people. Right. And secondly, if I live in X and you live an hour away, the likelihood of us maintaining those bonds are less than if you're my neighbor, you're my friend, you're my colleague. And most of us aren't even investing in those relationships, the ones that are right beside us both physically and emotionally we're connected to family and friends we're physically connected to neighbors and colleagues because we tend to work you right. know within each other 
The reality is we want you by hearing the information to use us as the excuse to send out an invite to book an occasion, a barbecue, uh, uh, have a coffee with somebody, a street party, a potluck, a ball hockey game, a basketball. We don't, as we say in our, in our content, we don't actually care what you do. What we want to do is get you to send out the invite and you decide what's right for you and who you want to get connected with, whether it's the people you mean you've been meaning to get connected with, or maybe it's actually that person that you haven't thought of in a while, but it's a high school or a university buddy or an old colleague that you're like, I really love Kelvin. When I used to see Kelvin, he put, you know, he put oxygen in my bubble or he, you know, he gave me a lift. And those are the people we need to reconnect with because those are the meaningful relationships that can last a lifetime. But most of us don't make the make the time to go make them happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I said, when I was in in Massachusetts, I was a reporter on a on a you know, small weekly newspaper, and one of the things that some of the communities used to have, uh, and these were often organized by police departments, uh, was they call them neighborhood porch nights. And it was just, you know, people aren't going to be breaking into cars if, if the neighbors are out on the porch and if the neighbors are all out on the porch, even if they never come down into the street and shake hands with their neighbors, if you see the people across the street, if you see the people next door out in their porches, even if you're yelling back and forth, you're, you're watching out for the neighborhood. If people understand that, people see what's going on. Yeah. It winds up. Yeah. It winds up being a safer place. It winds up being a more social place and, and you can make those connections. And, and now I get where it doesn't make sense for, even if it was a block party, you know, for, for Gen well project to try to have a relationship with 30, with 30 different households, you know, on one street to try to get everybody there you know, better to, you know, better to uh, have a, you know, have a kit to say, hey, Josh, why don't you go organize this thing? Here's some resources for you. So how yeah. do you, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, Josh, you just hit it on the head as we, we, we've taken a pause right now because we're coming back and uh, mm-hmm. we really do want to be able to provide people who are looking for partners and sponsors, government foundations, corporations who want to be part of uh, creating these connections in our communities. And you're right. And part of what's happened over those last 60 years that we mentioned earlier is we've built bigger houses for smaller families. We built back decks instead of front porches. You know, we have taller fences in our backyard. Everything that we've done has created the isolation that we're waking up in. And if you still have front porches down in Georgia, in Savannah, that's a beautiful thing because you're right. Just My neighborhood twice. doesn't, but we've got, you know, play a lot of people have chairs out in front of their homes. The, the next street over, most of them have front porches. Yeah, it's it's honestly, that's amazing. And, and the one thing I'll say, you know, unfortunately, human connection for many people is only seen through the eyes of a crisis. So in that in that case, it's, uh, you know, neighborhood watch. Let's fear other people. So we should get connected because if we connect each other, we can protect each other. Right. Or, you know, we're going to get get together for a walk for mental health. And we're going to get connected because, you know, young people are suffering. So, you know, we should do something for them. Or seniors, it's going to be a seniors day. So it's all about focusing on people that are old and, and immobile and don't have any friends and they're isolated. The message of the Genwell Project is that we have to stop putting this issue through the lens of a, a, a an illness, a crisis, or a cause. What we need to do is celebrate human connection. And as I say, we don't know the facts, so we can't. Nobody's nobody's wrong for where we are. But what we want to do is educate people about the importance of human connection, so that we think. You know, if you think of it, we have. When do we have celebrations of life for people? After they die, they die. Yeah. like, you know, I've heard that insanity is the doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. I'd actually argue that insanity is celebrating people's life after they die. You know, at the end of the day, we need to get into the habit of connecting with people and celebrating all of our lives. 
And again, I don't care who it's with. I don't care if it's your friends, your family, your neighbors, your colleagues. But I will also say that having a balance in those relationships, depending on the crisis that we may go through in future, whether it's a health issue, a job issue, a financial issue, a relationship issue, having all those relationships and in place before we get to one of those crises is the thing that will help you get through that crisis, whether it's the coping of having a conversation, whether it's finding solutions and ultimately building the resilience that will make you happier and healthier as you move through it. So how are you getting your message to the people? How are you actually connecting with the people you need to talk to that need to hear this? Well, Kelvin, um, you know, you and Josh are part of getting our message out. And that's why right off the top, I said thank you, because it is conversations like this going out to your community that awakens one person, five people, 10 people. And and we've been doing this for five years. Uh, We've pretty much self-funded. It's mainly volunteers that work on it. Uh, We've just recognized the value of what we're doing. And we're having conversations with a lot of researchers in the U.S. There's a great uh, program called the Coalition to End Isolation and Loneliness in the U.S., uh, I'm connecting with uh, those folks uh, in the next in the upcoming week. There's a rece- researcher out of BYU, Julianne Holt Lundstadt. They're working on on the research to help validate and to you know reinforce everything that uh, we're doing, as well as other organizations around the world. But in Canada, where I would say we're behind the U.S. and behind the U.K., who now has a loneliness minister, um, Japan just hired a loneliness minister. Um, Australia has some programs in place. We are currently in process of having conversations with federal ministers to put this on the radar. I would argue that there is a freight train of pain and hurt coming down the tracks at us. Uh, Somebody had said to me once that in the next seven to eight years, the single largest killer of the human species will be loneliness and isolation. You won't die of loneliness and isolation, but Uh, loneliness and isolation increases your chances of heart disease by 32, 34%, depending on you want to talk about stroke or or heart attack. Mm -hmm. It increases your chances of dementia, type 2 diabetes, as I mentioned earlier, uh, anxiety and depression, suicide, obesity, and the list goes on. And yet, as I say, none of us know this. And so when we're struggling You know, oftentimes we think about other solutions when the greatest solution right now, especially in the middle of the pandemic, the greatest gift that we can give one another is picking up the telephone, getting on a Zoom call, a Skype, or maybe even going for a physically distanced walk. But this is what we need to understand, the impact that we can not only make on ourselves, but make on the other people around us just by reaching out and getting connected. So your your opportunity to spread it here is big. Uh, We do social media posts every day. We're on pause right now as we restructure to relaunch in the coming weeks. But uh, people can follow us on our website at genwellproject.org. Follow any of our social channels. They can look back through the last five years of tips, tools, ideas, and, and motivation to get connected. And then leave us your name on our website so that we can follow up because we are going to make the world a happier and healthier place just by getting people to get connected face-to-face on a more regular occasion. Pete, thanks so much for being here. Um, Normally we wrap up by asking if there's anything we didn't get to that you were hoping to, but it seems like you, uh, you wrapped everything up nice and neat. Um, The uh, social, uh, where can, where can people find general project on social Uh, since the, uh, it's not attached to the website right now. Uh, yeah, so it's, it, you know, I think it's at Genwell Project for the most cases. Okay. Uh, I think um, I think on LinkedIn, it's the Genwell Project uh, in some, you know, so if you just, if you just Google Genwell or, you know, search it in any of the, the social channels, you'll find it, you know, please follow us, uh, you know, sharing, sharing our messages, what we love to do, educating people and seeing the impact that we can have on other people's lives is what we love to hear about. But more importantly, recognize that, you know, it's not going to happen in one day, one week, as I mentioned earlier, this is going to take a process and it's you two going out and sharing it with your community 
and your community then sharing it with one other person or thinking of who they could reach out to and make a difference. So uh, I really want to say thank you for the opportunity to, to share the message here today. Well, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. And one day we'll figure out how to get together and take care of that hug. My friend, that's a commitment that we will make that happen. <laughs> and, uh, and, and in the meantime, I hope uh, we can all get back to hugging those that are even closer to us. Uh, because I think, yeah. uh, I think the world could uh, benefit from a huge hug right now. So uh, thanks, guys. I uh, really appreciate the time. All right. Take care of yourself. Ciao for now. Hey, thanks for listening. Show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. And we will see you next week. A Better Humanhood Production.